Hey everybody, and welcome back for episode 78 of the PATH Podcast. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you've decided to join us as we continue down the path. Uh, This week, we're continuing this thought of how we have been rescued by God. And we looked uh, at how rescue started in the garden. Last week, we looked at how rescue is sort of perpetuated in King David. And today, or this week, we we looked at um, how we still see rescue even in the midst of silence and how... Uh, In the quiet times when it seems like God is not speaking or moving, God is still doing incredible work to rescue us. And so, um, Derek, maybe just uh, bring us up to speed with kind of a touch on what we talked about yesterday. And then um, let's dig into this idea of um, God working in our waiting uh, and how that plays itself out in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in in designing the series months ago, you know, we we, kind of looked at... We knew we wanted to trace the thread, the biblical thread of mm-hmm. rescue from, from the beginning to the resurrection, right? Yeah. Uh, leading up to that. Uh, it's already in the Bible. We're just looking at it. Yeah, you know, just trying to noticing it and pulling it to the front. That's right. Yeah. So we, of course, started in the beginning in the garden is what we did. We, we uh, did not get the chance to look at the Davidic covenant mm-hmm. during our covenant series. Yeah. And it ties perfectly into this, and so we were able to look there. You, yeah. you led with that and did a great job uh, last week. And then we said, hey, what what about this idea? I think we, we looked at uh, Simeon mm-hmm. was kind of the what we, what we saw as we were preparing, and it was like, oh, but how cool is it? Let's look at kind of this period of time before this arrival of yeah. Christ, you know, <clears throat> and how does that fit? And so that... Yeah, just, you know, the story of Simeon is one of my favorites yeah. in all of Scripture. And so, you know, that was kind of the the uh, catalyst for kind of digging a little deeper into that intertestamental yeah. uh, period of time. Yeah, that story of Simeon kind of serves as the, the bookend for this, this intertestamental period. And, um, and so, I, yeah, I agree. I remember us kind of thinking, well, let's... Okay, if that's the end of it, let's go back and look at yeah. what was happening before this that made it to the that makes this story of Simeon so incredible. Yeah. So. And you know, as I was preparing, I didn't I didn't want I didn't want you know intertestamental period like uh, number one, it's four hundred years. It's right. a long time to preach one message yeah. about it. But I did want us to see kind of what was taking place there. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm a I'm a preacher. I preach the Bible, so mm-hmm. I wanted. I said, okay, well, let me look at. What was the very last thing said by yeah. God, and then where do you see kind of God speaking again? Yeah, and um, and so that led me to Malachi four, uh, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, this promise of uh, you know basically the one with the spirit of Elijah to come again. Yeah, um, that passage and, and God is speaking to through the prophet Malachi uh, in a time where you know. Things aren't great for the um, for the pe- people of God. You know, it's it's um, um, you know, it's just they've they've been through the ringer, right? Um, but here's this promise, right? Yeah, there will be peace to come. Um, and there will be you know a prophet again to speak on behalf of God again. Yeah. They, I'm sure they had no idea or any way of knowing it'd be right. 400 years that that would happen. So we looked at that mm-hmm. and the promise of peace to come, uh, the prophecy uh, of Elijah coming and turning hearts of the fathers to the sons, sons to the father, bringing that peace. Yeah. And seeing that ultimately culminated and, and provided uh, in 
John the Baptist, that mm-hmm. spirit of Elijah. Jesus said, hey, he was Elijah come, you know, yeah. to prepare the way. You know, um, the, the angel told uh, his parents that he would turn the hearts of fathers to their children. I mean, so right. it's, it's that prophecy mm-hmm. fulfilled. Yeah. And so you see that. Um, we talked about that. And then we jumped to the story of Simeon. Right. Um, after kind of briefly explaining what took place um, during the 400 years and kind of, you know, just the rule after rule after rule yeah. over Israel from you know, foreign peoples, um, uh, the influence that those philosophies and, and, and um, cultures yeah. you know, pushed into the uh, Israelites, you know, right. uh, Greek philosophy, uh, primarily it, its impact, it had a great impact. Uh, on them, uh, even even the, the scriptures were translated to Greek. Yeah, uh, the, in the Septuagint, the Old Testament scriptures, um, Greek philosophies infiltrated those um, the 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 leaders, and and then you know you had these factions of uh, Israelite um, rulers, mm-hmm. uh, religious rulers, uh, Jewish religious rulers. That were corrupted by it all, yeah. corrupted by the power, corrupted by uh, legalism mm-hmm. or religi- religious pursuit rather than relationship with with um, God, and and they were blinded to see the Messiah. All, yeah. you know, all these things took place so that, um, as Galatians four four says, uh, that uh, when the fullness of time had come, yeah. right, um, that all these things that were happening in the uh, the silent moments of, and what we mean by that is just there was no prophet yeah. in Israel. There was no prophet speaking on behalf of God for 400 years, mm-hmm. which was not what their previous right. history was used to. Yeah, right? it was one after the other, basically. Yeah. Right. So you get all of that, but God is using what's taking place mm-hmm. to bring about the fullness of time. Yeah. And, uh, and so we see in Simeon, who had been waiting his entire life, the Holy Spirit prompts him as soon as uh, Jesus is there, uh, his fam- family is there to uh, to worship God mm-hmm. in the temple. He just knows. Yeah. And so it's similar to um, John the Baptist leaping in Elizabeth's womb when mm-hmm. Mary comes pregnant with the Savior. Yeah. Uh, the Messiah comes as a babe. This guy, this old man, mm-hmm. grabs him up and praises God. You yeah. Know? And um, and so, this amazing thing to um, to finalize this stage of God being quiet, and here here is the thing they had all been waiting for. Here's the thing yeah. God had promised all along, and it it came true. You yeah. know, and Simeon specifically had a word from the Lord to say, you know, I promise you, you won't die until this child comes and um, and um, and save. You know, and it comes yeah. to bring salvation. Right. And so he says, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord, you know. And so it's just um, this really awesome thing. But what we see is that Galatians 4, 4 is, mm-hmm. is fulfilled in this. At the fullness of time, Jesus was born of a woman under the law. Yeah. Right? All these things so that he could bring about reconciliation with God to people. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that is, um, that is, that's huge. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think that you know during that that four hundred years of you know <clears throat> quiet and not hearing from God, um, it's not like God was just sitting up in heaven waiting. 
No. Um, he was actively orchestrating events to make mm-hmm. things the way they were. And, um, you know, I mean, you read in Romans where, the, you know, there's no authority on earth. It's not given by God. And so it was God ordained for the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans to come in and, and, um, and for things to be set in a way that prophecies would come true, like what we read about in Malachi, that you look back and no one could say, Oh, well, that happened because of this coincidence mm-hmm, and these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. God was at work here. God orchestrated yeah. this. God is the one who's turning the hearts of fathers back to their sons. And God is the one who is uh, sending someone who's like Elijah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's a, that's a really po- important thing for us to remember because waiting is something that we all experience. Mm-hmm. We've all experienced it in one level or another. Um, you know, I, I think about the times that I've waited in my life, and I don't know about you, but I'm not very patient. (laughs) I struggle with waiting. I struggle with uh, knowing that something's potentially coming and it not coming yet. Mm -hmm. And then you get anxious and it's like, just let's just do this already. You know, Um, I have no no problem being patient. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, you are, you're much holier than me. (laughs) No, I'm totally joking, man. I think everyone does. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone struggles with it. Yeah. Uh, And yet I think the, the testimony of scripture is that God does some of his greatest work in times of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you have this intertestamental period where people are waiting. You have um, something that we're going to, you know, it's it's Easter week. And the disciples had to wait on that Saturday between the crucifixion and the resurrection. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, God was doing incredible work during that waiting period. Yeah. And, and so I think that um, not that, I think it's one of those things that not necessarily that we should seek out waiting, but when waiting periods come, it's something we should embrace. Yeah. And that, okay, what is, what is God trying to teach here? What is God working here? It, you know, help me to trust in your timing, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of the lesson from yesterday's sermon is that that God's people had to trust in God during a 400-year waiting mm-hmm. period. And while that's much more to the extreme than what we experience necessarily in our lives day to day, but they still had to trust God, and we have to trust God in our times of waiting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the title of the sermon was Rescue in the Quiet. Yeah. So though it doesn't seem that, rescue's still there. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's, it, so it's not... Yeah, it, it's absolutely. In fact, I would say God uses waiting mm-hmm. to bring about rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in our own lives, um, you know, on a day on a daily, daily, day to day basis. So, so we look at the scripture like this in a very broad way, right? Mm-hmm. So t- let's let's dive deep into someone's life and let's look at the Psalms for a moment. Mm-hmm. Many of the Psalms of David are him saying. God, why aren't you talking to me? Yeah. How long, oh How Lord? Long? Exactly. How long, How do, Lord? Why do I have to wait? Why yeah. do I have to wait on you? You yeah. know? And, uh, you know, oftentimes we think, oh, well, we just got to, we've just got to go with well, the Lord's in control, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just going to wait on You know, I, David asked and said, God, why, why are we having to wait? You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I just read through Job and with my deep group, we're reading through portions of Job. And, you know, it's, it's the uh, portion in, um, 38 through 42, where God's like, hey, did you, were you here at the foundations mm. of the earth? Right. Right? So he's helping Job to see, bro, I'm in control, mm. and it's okay. Well, that comes right after Job questions him. You yeah. know? But Job is considered righteous and trusting of God throughout all of this, even though God says, you weren't here when I formed all these things. Yeah. I know what you don't know. I, I control what you can't control. I understand yeah. what you can't understand. You know, And so... Um, 
all that to say, so we we have we have the broad understanding of waiting four hundred years, mm-hmm. but then we see the day to day waiting that people had to go through in the Psalms and in right. Job's life, and so I think that's very helpful for mm-hmm. us because you know we may not have to wait, you know, heaven forbid, four hundred years. I mean, we'll, we'll be dead and gone. Yeah, but we might have to wait months. Yeah, years for for something in our own life, mm-hmm. you know, a breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, um, um, and it doesn't make God any less of who he is. No, no. Um, it, it doesn't mean he's not there and he doesn't care. Yeah. It just means that for some reason we've got to go through waiting Yeah. that we, we can't understand, but he knows that on the in the end will bring us closer to him, understand yeah. that more. And that he is still good yeah. uh, in those times of waiting. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that's so true because I've experienced that in my own life. That um, I, I know of times when it, it's so, I, I think it, the, looking at times of waiting like this, ha, um, it necessitates us that we should, uh, we have to expand our view of how God's at work. That we think um, God's God's at work in my life, and I know God's at work in your life and everybody's life, but it's so easy for me to get focused on God at work in my life because it's my life, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at, like, I, I can think back to, to circumstances where I've wanted God to do something for us, and we've pr- we're pr- I'm praying for it fervently, um, and it's not happening. Like, it's not happening when I want it to. And it's like, mm-hmm. God, what in the world are you, like, help me understand what you're doing here because I don't get it, you know? Yeah. But then... When that breakthrough finally comes, or, or the you know the thing that we're praying for happens, you're then able to your your view expands and you go, oh, you were you were working over here too. Yeah, there were things that had to be orchestrated over here for to get to this point where yeah. my life intersected with those events. Yeah. and um and it and I think that um it it helps us to get a bigger view of God when we think about that whole fullness of time thing mm-hmm. that. Again, God was orchestrating all of those events that um, for for things to be in the places that they needed to be, and those things don't happen like that. Yeah. Um, now, granted, God is powerful enough that He could make it happen like that, mm-hmm. but um, there's there's purpose behind all of it, and I think part of it is that for us to wait forces us to trust God. Oh yeah. It forces us to trust Him. That. Mm-hmm. God, like you, you look at uh, you look at David's life. David, some of those um, psalms where he's saying, "How long will you forsake mm-hmm. me, O Lord?" It's David sitting in a cave out in yeah. the desert, hiding from Saul, going, "God, how long are we going to, have to do this? Yeah. This is ridiculous! Like you've already you've already anointed me as the king. Yeah. How long am I going to have to wait out here in a cave? Mm-hmm. You know." And um, and I think those are valid questions. And mm-hmm. I've asked questions like that. God, how long are we going to have to go through this? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet. It forces me to trust God more. I I trust that you're gonna lead me here. I trust that you're gonna do what you said you're gonna do. How much longer till you're gonna do that? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, for me, it it expands our view of of trusting in God. But at the same time, it's also a great reminder that um, God is not thwarted or deterred by our questions. Mm-hmm. David, a man after God's own heart, asks some really good questions. Job mm-hmm. asks some really good questions. God says, "Hey, listen." I don't have to answer your questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your questions don't bother me, though. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's it just it forces that trust in God to, like we sang uh, in our time of response yesterday, that um, you're working in our waiting, mm-hmm. sanctifying us mm-hmm. when beyond our understanding you're teaching us to trust. Yeah. And uh, and that's so true. Like I have experienced that 100 percent in my life. That yeah. 
that we have to trust God through our waiting periods. Yeah. So I, I want us to think about the, that phrase, in the fullness of time, mm-hmm. right? And, and certainly, you know, from from a salvation and a rescue perspective, we see that now. We yeah. see, okay, all this stuff had to take place so that when everything was exactly as it needed to be, mm-hmm. God could come down, Jesus could come. Yeah. It, it was the perfect timing. And even that, there took waiting. You know, the waiting, oh, the disciples sure. had to wait. You mentioned that a moment ago. Yeah. Um, they even had to wait another 50 days till Pentecost, yeah, right? For the Holy Spirit to the come. The Holy Spirit came, and then 3,000 people got saved. But all that's in the fullness of time, yeah. right? Uh, because it was Pentecost, there were millions of people in Jerusalem right. ready to hear this message, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's the same thing happens in our lives, right? Yeah. There comes a point when it's the fullness of time for something to take place so that that breakthrough comes or so that that thing that we're praying for and waiting for God to do yeah. comes. I'll give it a, a quick example. Um, um, as I served Lost Mountain for five years... I knew God was leading me to be a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the church graciously, when I mentioned that to my pastor, at the time I was a children's pastor, I said, hey, God's leading me to this. Instead of <laughs> saying, all right, we'll go get it. Yeah, have at it. <laughs> uh, they said, hey, well, you're a children's pastor. What if you become associate pastor? That'll help you make the transition once that time comes. Yeah. Uh, and I was enjoying associate pastor role, serving that role, and and uh, just kind of suppressed the, the call to be a senior pastor. and just got into that work and enjoyed it. Yeah. But then later on, God started putting the, the burden on my heart again to preach, to yeah. be a pastor, to serve a church, to lead, to guide, to do those things according to his word. And so, you know, that was there. And I was like, well, you know, I really like this job, God. And, you know, I'm still yeah. serving you. What, what about all these things? So there was a waiting for that, for that time. And then God so clearly spoke to my heart at my granny's funeral in May um, of 2016. 2017, uh, May of 2017, my granny passed away. I preached her funeral. As I'm preaching the word of God, God just, you know, whispers to me. I just, this, really, you know, I just felt sure. a sense that yeah, he was leading I've me. I've experienced that, yeah. And he said, you know, uh, I felt that, you know, this is what I want you to do. This is what I've yeah. called you to do. This is what I will equip you to do. And so I finally just said, okay, God, mm-hmm. I will. And so I went shortly after that, spoke with my pastor again, yeah. and thankfully my pastor was very gracious, and um, the church agreed to walk with me until that time came. Yeah. But I began putting out resumes. I assumed it would happen right yeah. away. <laughs> I assumed it would, it would oh, yeah. happen pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It took. It took a whole year and a month. You know. Yeah. Uh, before it took a, almost eight months before I heard a thing from any church. And yeah. I put my resume in probably thousands of churches just because yeah. you put them on databases. Right. So I, I tried to put it in front of as many churches as I could. I just wanted to be faithful to God, right. go serve a church uh, as a senior pastor, that, you know, do what he had called me to do. I wanted to do those things. And so I tried to do that. It took a whole uh, year year and a month yeah. for it to happen. Well, guess what happened in all that time? <laughs> my dad passed away. Yeah. Uh, my dad passed away. And then my granddad passed away. Mm -hmm. And my church, uh, Lost Mountain, loved on me so hard. And had I been a new pastor somewhere, um, I don't think we would have had that close relationship 
for them to care for me the way I needed to during that time. Yeah, yeah. And so you're right. You said this earlier. Once the fullness of time comes, you're able to look back and say, oh, God, that's why. Yeah. You knew that was coming. You knew I would need my faith family to walk beside me right. and carry me through the hardest time of my life. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like as soon as my granddad passed away and we went through that grief as well, yeah. I get a, I get an email from this church. Yeah. This church who also had experienced immense pain through the losses they've, they'd gone mm-hmm. through. So come to find out, when I became pastor here in June, I had been going through my own grieving process. The Lord had been building in me what he needed in me yeah. to come and to be the pastor for our church that was hurting because of that as well. Yeah. That's why it took so long. It right. seemed like eternity to me. For, you know, God, you called me to this. And then why would why would you tell me to put my resume out? Yeah. And I don't hear anything for months. Why would you do that? You know, it's yeah. that waiting. Mm-hmm. But God, in the fullness of time, brought it about exactly as it needed to be. And the hindsight was the only way to see that. Yeah. And so what we need to practice is understanding. It says, okay, I'm just going to trust that God's got this. Yeah. God's smarter than I am. God knows all the things he needs to know so that he can bring about the things of my own life in the fullness of time mm-hmm. so that what takes place takes place. And so that's my hope and prayer is that maybe you would take away from this is that whatever you're going through, God knows what the fullness of time is. Yeah. Uh, and so trust him. Mm-hmm. Be in tune to him. Uh, let your spiritual life grow. Yeah. Uh, uh, pray more. Read God's word more. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear from God, you can because he gave us his word. Yeah. You can hear from him at any time. So don't neglect those things either yeah. in your waiting. Mm-hmm. Use that moment to prepare your heart for the fullness of time. Right. So that God can bring about what God wants to bring about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great stuff, man. I totally agree that um, our trust in God is so vital yeah. uh, at all times, but especially in times when we feel like we're waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so vital. So well, this is where we turn it over to you. Um, what are you waiting in right now? What are you waiting for right now? We would love to be able to encourage you in that. How can we pray for you? And we'd love to know specifically, how can we encourage you to trust in God more? You can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life. Uh, we would love to interact with you there. Also, um, if you've stumbled upon this podcast or stumbled upon this YouTube video, why don't you subscribe if you enjoyed what you heard? Subscribe. That way you get notifications of when uh, we post new videos or new audio. Uh, you can subscribe on Apple, uh, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. We're on all of those po- all of those podcast um, uh, platforms. Or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lafayette First Baptist. Uh, and and uh, we would love to we'd love to be able to interact with you and encourage you as you wait on what the Lord has promised to you. Um, But thank you for joining us this week. Until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we hope to see you next time as we continue down the path.